You're listening to the Liberty News Radio Network, and this is the Political Cesspool. The Political Cesspool, known across the South and worldwide as the South's foremost populist conservative radio program. And here to guide you through the murky waters of the political cesspool is your host, James Edwards. All right, everybody, welcome back. How about that first hour? I'll tell you, the last four hours of radio here, the three last week uh, from the conference uh, featuring Jared Taylor and Brad Griffin, John Friend and others, that first hour with Keith Alexander. Keith, can't do it without you, man. Well, I appreciate it, but this is what, this is what we always say. We never are lacking for material the uh, the media, everything else, you know, uh, current events always provides us with plenty to talk about. We're never it's never a matter of having too little to talk about. Usually, it's a matter of having too much to talk about and trying to thin the herd a little bit and find out what we think is most important. So that was fun. And uh, what we're going to do here, ladies and gentlemen, this second hour, I am going to do the best limited by my meager command of the English language to tell you what I saw and witnessed in Selma, Alabama last Sunday. I hope that I can find the words. It is really... Uh, word, words fail you to describe what you saw no, no, no. in Selma. Listen, this is no joke, and I don't want to be flippant about this. I, I want to give you an honest, sure enough testimony, and... Uh, that's what we're going to try to do. But first, let me tell you how it actually came about. So you know how it is after you do a live show. Anybody who's ever been around uh, or attended one of our live remote broadcasts, we don't go home at 9 o'clock. We don't go home when no, the no, show no, ends. No, no, you, you, you treat to the bar or to the oh, restaurant or we, something. No, we, you, you, a few autographs, a few pictures with people, and then you just stay up talking to people. After Amrin, I stayed up until... 3 a.m. That's what your wife told me. I left uh, well before then. But, uh, uh, 3 a.m. Uh, talking with folks and friends. And uh, last week was no difference. Now, we didn't stay up till 3. But we did stay for a little while after the show and um, had a couple of nightcaps and uh, enjoyed uh, fellowship and camaraderie. And that was when this plan was hatched. So with Jared and Brad and a few other people who, who stuck around uh, through the end of the show, we were all just sitting around talking and come to find out my plan was to leave Alabama first thing Sunday morning, drive back uh, to Memphis. But Jared's flight didn't leave last Sunday until 6 p.m. And so Jared was asking, hey, is there anybody who can maybe take me around and show me Montgomery? I'd like to see it. If there's anything interesting to see there. And of course, uh, the SPLC uh, headquarters. For well, example. I'll tell you all about that. But the uh, Brad Griffin who lives about 45 minutes from Montgomery uh, has suburban the, Montgomery. He has the whole, well, he actually lives out in Eufaula, which is about 45 minutes outside. Of, it's, it's its own little, it's not even a suburb. It's, it's out there, but anyway, it's close enough. He can make it in less than an hour. So he knows the area very well. He said, Jared, not only, I think there's some things you'd want to see in Montgomery. And I'm so glad that I stayed because there were things that I saw that blew me away in the best possible way. But then he said, hey, if, and if you have the time, it's only an hour from Montgomery to Selma. We can go see that. And that really perked Jared up. Uh, he, he was like, I would really like to see really what it's like. And he goes, and I, and I might even consider uh, writing 
an illustrated feature for Amren.com or doing a video, which, by the way, check it out. Check it out. But uh, anyway, if, 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 there's, if there's a story there, he goes, but I, I, I want to see the full picture. If it's as bad as I believe it might be, that's what I'm going to report on. If it's better than what I think it might be, I'm going to report on that. Uh, anyway, so we'll get to that. So we said, okay, well, if y'all are going to do that, then i got to do it too. And I'll just drive back to Memphis on Monday. So I actually stayed an extra day. And that's how that came about. That was born after last Saturday's show, which, again, if you missed last Saturday's show, I think it is well worth your time to go back and catch the full three hours. Just great, great radio. So we decided to stick around on Sunday and tour Montgomery and Selma. Now, we were staying in Wetumpka. So from Wetumpka to Montgomery, it is uh, about a 30-minute drive. And then from Montgomery to Selma, it's an hour. It's all relatively close together. So the first thing we did was we went bright and early on Sunday morning to downtown Montgomery where the state capitol is. Now, this is the state capitol where George Wallace had his... Jefferson Davis. Jefferson Davis. I'm going to mention that, too. Uh, but that part of downtown Montgomery, right around the state capitol area, those f few blocks in, in, a, in a radius, very nice. As you would expect, a state capitol area... Just like area. Jackson, Mississippi, the same exact thing. I can't testify to what it's like in Montgomery if you, if you go a few miles down the road, but right around the state capitol, very nice. I mean, it, it looked like something you'd see in ancient Greece or Rome. Isn't that ironic? Because that's exactly the same way Jackson, Mississippi is. The only nice part of Jackson, Mississippi now are a couple of subdivisions in the downtown vicinity, Bellhaven is one of them, and the government complex. The rest of it has gone to hell in a handbasket. And the, it was abandoned, too, because it's Sunday. Listen, it, Sunday morning in the South, everybody's at church. So we were down there walking around the state capitol uh, building, and not only did we not see another person, we didn't see another car. And it was just, it was it just, we had it all to ourselves. But the first thing we did is we went to the first White House of the Confederacy, which is right there. Now, everything that I'm telling you we did in Montgomery, I'll try to wrap this up real quick, and then I'll fast forward to the, the trip to Selma, which is what you're really going to want to hear about. Uh, but the, all of this that we saw in Montgomery is within two or three blocks in any direction. So we were able to walk to all of it. We parked at the Capitol, walked to all of this. Where's it, the SPLC headquarters? It's all right there. It's Listen, everything that I'm about to tell you we saw is within a couple of blocks in any direction, and we walked by all of it. But they have the first White House of the Confederacy is there, and I took a picture. Uh, we took a group picture there. Uh, this was d uh, the designated executive residence uh, by the Provisional Confederate Congress uh, in February 21st of 1861. Uh, Jefferson Davis lived there until the capital was moved to Richmond in the summer of 1861. So we got to see the first White House of the Confederacy. It was closed. It was a Sunday morning in Alabama, but we did get to take some pictures outside, and uh, and that was fun. And then from there, we walked just right over, just about a two-minute walk to the state capitol. And right there at the front of the state capitol, right where the governor and the state legislators and the state senators would go in, is a huge, and I mean a beautiful monument to President Jefferson Davis. I don't think a lot of people realize that. It is just right there, loud and proud. Uh, position of I'm prominence. surprised that the SPLC has allowed that to stand. Well, there's more than that, and it's and you can see the SPLC headquarters from uh, the Alabama State Capitol, and there is a great description of Jefferson Davis there with the seal of the Confederacy. This is right at the front door where people would uh, be going into, and it lists. Jefferson Davis is a soldier, a scholar, a statesman, and obviously the president uh, of the uh, Confederacy. And then right behind his monument, right there as you enter into the Capitol building, 
is the gold star. It marks the exact spot where President Davis stood when he was sworn in as president of the Confederate States on February 18th, 1861. That is right there. And George Wallace, yes, Keith, George Wallace stood there as well uh, when he was sworn in famously as the governor of Alabama. But on another side of the state capitol in Alabama is one of the biggest and most impressive Confederate monuments in the world. This thing is so big, you could live in it. This monument, the base of this Confederate monument is bigger than some of the houses we saw in Selma. So, so far so good, right? As we tour Montgomery, uh, I'll tell you a few other things we saw in Montgomery and in the next segment, I'm gonna tell you what happened once we hit Selma. Oh, my friends, <laughs> my friends, words escaped me. It defied uh, belief uh, and parody. We'll be right failing. back. <laughs> they do. Hey there, TPC family. This is James Edwards, your host of The Political Cesspool. Folks, I want you to subscribe to the American Free Press, America's last real newspaper. Against all odds, AFP has and continues to publish a populist, independent print newspaper with an unparalleled track record. Founded by a dedicated group of experienced patriots, AFP pulls no punches and tackles the most controversial and pressing issues facing America from an America First perspective. I've worked with the American Free Press since even before the beginning of TPC. Now that's something. You can subscribe to the print edition by visiting AmericanFreePress.net today or simply pick up a handy digital edition subscription. However you do it, subscribe to the American Free Press, America's last real newspaper, by visiting AmericanFreePress.net or by calling 1-88-699-NEWS, AmericanFreePress.net. In Message 1, we said that Satan, the father of lies, John 844, gave the left evil, spiritual power, the more they used the lies. The political left today is the beast. Now the Bible confirms that the dragon gave him, the beast, his power. Revelation 13, 2. The extra evil spiritual power that comes from the beast by their lying is what accounts for the string of the leftist criminals in the government that have never yet been prosecuted. It also explains why American capitalists support communism in the 21st century. Note 1. That behavior of capitalists was predicted by Vladimir Lenin, a cell of the beast. Note 2. Henry Ford was a capitalist, and he would have never gone communist. The difference between Ford and the present day end time capitalists is that Ford was born and educated in the Kingdom of Christ, 19th century America, the New Jerusalem, Revelation 21. So here we were, if you're listening live, last Saturday uh, we had a great show in Wetumpka, Alabama, and then on Sunday morning we decided to take a trip down to Selma via Montgomery. And so far so good right now. I wouldn't advise you to take a sightseeing trip to Montgomery uh, on its own accord, but if you're in the area, there are definitely some things you want to check out. We saw the Confederate, uh, the first Confederate White House, the Gold Star where Jefferson Davis was sworn in later. Uh, George Wallace, wow. and then uh, this 
beautiful, impressive monument to Jefferson Davis, and then another one that was so big you couldn't even capture it all in, in, a, in a single photo. It was a monument to the Confederate States of America, its branches, the fallen soldiers, big as a house. And then right in front of the state capitol, you've got a procession marker which reads, this street was named to honor Andrew Dexter, one of the founders of Montgomery. This is Dexter Avenue. You might be thinking, Dexter Avenue Baptist Church, you got it. It's right there. But uh, the uh, monument reads, along this street moved the inaugural parade of Jefferson Davis when he took the oath of office as the president of the Confederate States of America. Dixie was played as a band arrangement for the first time at this location. So... All of that's just wonderful. And if you're in downtown Montgomery, be sure to check all of that out. Great photo ops. And it's so impressive that this still exists on the state capitol grounds. So that's a, a one thing the media, always, they want you to think about the Confederate flag come down in Columbia. There's a lot of monuments like this at state house grounds in Texas and Mississippi and elsewhere uh, to these Confederate heroes and soldiers. But then we started the civil rights portion of our tour, right? The so-called civil rights. So we left the capital area again all of this everything i'm telling you here in montgomery is within a 10-minute walk of one another yes the splc headquarters is about two blocks away uh martin luther king's church is right there uh he whatever he did there he did there for yeah, about six yeah. or seven well, I, years i think his actual church was in the atlanta no area. no no but listen no, the, yes that was one yes he was born in atlanta and uh, presumably he did some sort of a that's where he kicked it all off. All right, but uh, here at the Dexter Avenue Baptist Church, there's a uh, a plaque outside of it. And, and again, you can see this plaque from the plaque honoring Jefferson Davis. Uh, it says, the second black Baptist church in Montgomery. Many prominent black citizens of Montgomery have been members. Reverend Martin Luther King Jr. served as pastor from 1954 to 1960. So Montgomery bus boycott was organized here December 2nd, 1955. So that's all right there. SPLC. Of, course, of course, we are the one and only media outlet that has an interview with Drew Lackey, who eventually became the police chief, I believe, at Montgomery. At Montgomery. But he was involved uh, very intimately in that arresting of Rosa Parks and everything like that. So, you know, well, we know all about the Montgomery bus boycott and what a setup it was. Well, we do, and that was another, that was the next thing we saw. So we're, we're leaving the Capitol. We're walking down Dexter Avenue. You're leaving the Capitol, which has this uh, these impressive monuments to Davis and to the Confederacy. Then you're walking down. You see this uh, uh, this piece of marble that marks where uh, the Davis inaugural procession was, the Confederate White House, and then you mark down Dexter Avenue and you get into some of the civil rights stuff, so-called civil rights stuff. There is a bus station that's been turned into a museum. That's the like the Freedom Riders Museum. Of course, it was closed, but you could see it. And then there's uh, about a block away from that, oh, within a very short walk, a Rosa Parks statue. And the first thing that I noticed about the Rosa Parks statue was how inauthentic it was. She's standing. The statue is a picture, it depicts her standing. Uh, if there's one and thing I, she's... I doubt that it is of the quality of the Confederate statues that you see. I got a picture out. of it, yeah. Well, look, I mean, it's... It's, a... it's like the one of Martin Luther King in Washington, D.C. <laughs> it's not quite that bad, but it's uh, it, it's small. It's it's life-size. So she's about five foot tall, and she's holding a purse with both hands. she got her glasses on, and she's smiling. She's right from Central Casting. They wanted to get some nice, little, frail, modest... Uh, non-boisterous black woman to be the face of the 
Montgomery boy, boycott, and that's bus boycott, and she was made to order for the task. At her feet are the names of the other actresses or the trained activists who came before her, but that didn't stick the landing. And, and so she was the one. I mean, there were some other ones, There's including the 15-year-old uh, That was girl, one of them. Claudette Collins. Her name's right there at the foot of the monument. And uh, it's just a very small diminutive statue. But uh, nevertheless, uh, we went and we took a look at it. We were looking at everything. You know, we want to see everything. We want to be fair in our, in our assessment and in our reporting. Well, here's where we're not even to sell me yet. And already you're getting a little bit of taste of it. So there's an enterprising black man who's sitting, kind of loitering around the statue, waiting for guilty white pilgrims to come and, and pay their respects. So, so he can shake them down. That's exactly right. And I deal with these people all the time. We live in Memphis. We see this all the time. They don't bother me. I always kind of laugh with them and, uh, and, and you know, just, have, hey, you know, I don't have any cash. Sorry. But uh, he, we were standing around the statue, me and Jared Taylor and Brad Griffin and John Friend of the American Free Press and John Hill. So that was our travel party. Okay. And we're all looking at the statue. And we're not mocking it. I mean, we're just there to see. I mean, we're not there to be offensive. Or, yeah, we're just there. We, we want to see it all. We want to we want to see the good, the bad, and the ugly. And see so, what's there to be seen. And so we're standing by the Rosa Parks statue, and he asks if he can take our picture with the statue. And, you know, so we say, okay. And he takes one of our phones, and he takes a picture. And uh, we thought he was being, well, I think some of the people thought he was just being nice. But you have too much experience here in the South <laughs> I know to know that. They always sing, give you a song and a dance. Uh, they always give you a story, and then they go in for the ask. And so he just said, hey, guys, you know, uh, do y'all do want to have a picture taken? And, uh, you know, that really wasn't our intention, but he seemed eager and excited to take our picture. So we just said, sure. And then we just all gathered around, smiled with the Rosa Parks statue. You know, what else are we going to do? And then as soon as he took it, he said, uh, <laughs> You're going to think I'm making this up, Keith. Oh, I swear to you, God, strike me dead with a lightning bolt, Lord, if I'm exaggerating this one bit. As soon as he takes the picture, he he he, he asked Jared, he goes, hey, man, can you help me get some fried chicken? Do you have any fried chicken? <laughs> <laughs> and Jared, says, Jared said, oh, you know, and Jared in that uh, aristocratic, hey, hey, aristocratic uh, bearing of his. Uh, uh, accent of his uh i'm sorry are you asking if i have any fried chicken on me and i said no, I said, no jared i said no jared he's asking if you'll give me money so he can go get some chicken and um, oh i see i see and then you know unfortunately i mean it, it is true it's a cashless society now so even if we were inclined to give him a little money and who knows maybe i, I would have you, you weren't willing to turn over your debit card <laughs> <laughs> and he didn't take a Venmo or anything like that. So, uh, but he was at you know he 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 was basically trading uh, definitely on a cash basis. If they try to go to a non-cash economy, you will see a mushroom <laughs> cloud arise over places like Selma and Montgomery because everything is cash and carry there. <laughs> that was the first taste we had, and that was our last stop in Montgomery. So that was just the tremor before. Touching right, down right. in Selma, and so uh, we honestly didn't have, at least to my knowledge, any 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 cash to give. So, I, um, you know, we 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 had to tell him no, sorry, can't. But thanks for the picture and nice talking to you. And and he tried to give us a little little history. He was trying to you know tell us about who Rosa Parks were. That's his occupation, was. I guarantee. You. Well, I mean, it, it, he's an unofficial tour guide. That's right. And he was not the last we saw that day. So we walked back to our cars and then. By God, it was hot. Oh, my God. 
Uh, I felt like a jungle uh, explorer. I mean, well, the, the you were, were actually a jungle explorer. No, this was something. You just didn't know it. So we get into the car, and it's a caravan. We're in three or four different cars because everybody's taken off to go to different airports and drive back home to different directions. So we're all, but Jared and I are driving together. And I said, Jared, when we get to Selma, because he'd already told this to Brad Griffin the night before. He said, I want to see Selma. I want to see all of it, not just the parts that, you know, we think uh, might. The, the tourists are supposed to see. Well, just all of it. Uh, and if it's better or worse than what we expect, you know, I'm, I'm going to write about that fairly. And, I, and I, I reiterated that on the drive. I said, Jared, I want us to both be careful because I think I'll mention this on the program as well. I don't want us to have any confirmation bias. If, if I, Now, I had been to Selma the year before, actually, because I spoke at uh, Pat Godwin's annual Nathan Bedford Forest celebration uh, at Fort Dixie. Uh, but I did not tour Selma extensively. I did go through downtown. I did get out at the Edmund Pettus Bridge, but I didn't do what we did this week. Uh, I only saw a little bit of it, and I said, what I remember, Jared, was it's pretty rough. And this is coming from a guy that lives in Memphis. Selma's pretty rough, uh, but I, I didn't really dig into it uh, so we'll do it today but let's let's just uh, be in agreement that we'll let the truth be told whatever it is and uh, the good, he said, the yeah, bad he or said, the ugly he said yes that's exactly what we've got to do we got to be sure that we just whatever we see we report honestly so we always give this is the thing about TPC Amran and our collective we we're, give, we're, we're, gonna, we're truth tellers we give our we give the opposite side a, a lot more Honesty. Uh, we, we treat. Well, the thing is, the bad side is often the honest side. Uh, well, it is. And what that it doesn't is. get told. But know, if but we, we will tell the truth. And Selma had been polished up, and uh, but uh, there'd been it, a renaissance there. We would report it. It wasn't. It again defies belief and parody. What I will tell you next. The atomic bomb will drop after these words <laughs> from our sponsor. Pursuing liberty. Using the Constitution as our guide. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA News, I'm Corey Myers. The 45th president of the United States expected to be booked into the Fulton County, Georgia jail today. Donald Trump reiterated his plans to turn himself over on criminal charges, saying on his social media site yesterday that he's proudly surrendering this afternoon. He faces racketeering and a dozen other counts connected to interference in the 2020 Georgia election. All eight candidates in last night's GOP presidential debate are vowing to reverse Bidenomics in the U.S. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. We must reverse Bidenomics so that middle class families have a chance to succeed again. We cannot succeed as a country if you are working hard and you can't afford groceries, a car or a new home while Hunter Biden can make hundreds of thousands of dollars on lousy paintings. A man who opened fire on Pittsburgh police dead following an hours-long standoff and an extremely active shooting situation. The shooting started Wednesday morning after deputies tried to serve an eviction notice to a man in Pittsburgh's Garfield neighborhood. That incident turned into a barricade situation for several hours until the suspect was killed. The fate of the so-called Texas floating border wall is now in the hands of a federal judge. The system of buoys is being blasted by critics who call it a political stunt. The former head of Customs and Border Protection says this lawsuit brought by the Justice Department might be the tipping point in the fight between Texas and the federal government. 
China banning all seafood imports from Japan after Tokyo started releasing treated radioactive water into the Pacific Ocean. China says the seafood ban is to protect customers from what it called Japan's selfish and irresponsible act. This is USA News. Let's see, if something costs less, but people are happier with it, that sounds like something to look into, and that is MediShare. Maybe you've heard switching to MediShare to pay for health care can save many families up to 500 bucks a month, and that is huge. But it's also true that people are way more satisfied after making the switch, too. The member satisfaction rate for MediShare is double that of the typical health insurance plan. Double. MediShare works, too. It's been around for 30 years. Members have shared more than $5 billion of each other's bills. People love having telehealth and a huge nationwide PPO network. So, yeah, really, you can save a ton and like it better. Imagine being happy with how you're taking care of your health care. So if you're self-employed or part of the gig economy or you just want to plan you're happy with. You can call right now. You'll get a price within two minutes. So see what you can say. This is a very, very smart use of two minutes. Here's the number you need. Call 833-34-BIBLE. That's 833-34-BIBLE. 833-34-BIBLE. Keith, what was that? Well, I can't. We already got it off. That's, what, what, what did they just hear a quick snippet from? The opening intro music for the classic monster movie Godzilla. And it did look like Godzilla had descended Visited, upon. Yeah, it looked like uh, um, Godzilla had blown through Selma, Alabama. I, I, and listen, folks, I'm not trying to make light of this or joke around about it. Uh, I, I, I think it's, it's, it's a terrible thing. It's terrible that that would happen to any city, and certainly I wouldn't want to live that way. And it's, I don't get any enjoyment from seeing other people uh, live that way, no matter who they are. But if you're, if you're going into Selma from Montgomery, you're going to be, you're going to be taking. Edmund Pettus Bridge. You're going to either be taking uh, Highway 80 or Highway 14. There's two ways. The Alabama River uh, splits the difference. And uh, as you're coming into Selma from Montgomery, right before you get to the Edmund Pettus Bridge, you will find the National Voting Rights Museum and Institute. And then you cross over the bridge, and then you're in downtown Selma. But on the other side of the bridge the side you come into as you're going towards Selma from Montgomery, there's just, there's nothing, there's fields, there's nothing. And then there's this museum. And then you go into downtown Selma. Well, this museum, we stopped because they have the, this museum. And then they also have a park on the other side of the highway. Uh, that's sort of like, the, it's called the civil rights Memorial park. And, the artwork there is all graffiti. It's all spray paint, uh, as you might expect, and uh, pretty pretty tacky too. Uh, but the museum, Keith, I, can you see this? I mean, just try to describe this in your own words. What you're seeing, just looking at the picture, you're seeing urban blight. That's what you're seeing. Okay, this is some little metal building, nondescript metal building. Might as well be some you know place selling discount carpeting or something. And that's and doesn't even have a good driveway around it or a just pavement. weeds and, and pebbles. And, but then that's not it. Do you, do, what do you notice about one of the windows? 
It's been busted out. It's plywood. Okay? <laughs> Get closer to the mic. So it's plywood. It's plywood. It's, it's busted out window it looks plywood. Like it, it's, it, this is par for the course. But it looks like it hasn't been in operation since 1965. Um, uh, and, and this, quite frankly, is what happens in any southern town when you run all the white people but out. But listen, this thing was in operation. It wasn't open. But this is in its natural condition, uh, with with busted out windows, weeds everywhere. Now, what is this? Is this some? Uh, it's the National some... Voting Rights Museum. Oh my God! Uh, See, look, they, they can't <laughs> even keep up. But the listen, things that they're getting listen, money from out of town for. And then they've got all of this tacky graffiti on the side. It says, uh, "Hands that pick cotton pick the president," and it's got the timeline of Black history. It has. It has. That's a, why it, we have the president we have now. It has a black pharaoh, and then it has. Black slaves, and then it has Barack Obama. So that's and pretty then, much. Then some decree says we with Kangs, K A N G Z. And then it has some Black Vietnam veterans. But that that's pretty much it. I mean, their entire history started in 1965, and it revolves around slavery and civil rights. All of their heroes are civil rights people, uh, which is say. I mean, again, Rosa Parks did nothing but sit down. This is one thing you don't know about Rosa Parks is that she did nothing after that. She laid in state. She received this lifelong celebrity and adulation from the establishment from the system. She sat down. Knowing that her lawyers are ready to Bail jump on out. the scene, that the entire federal government and national media were behind her, that she couldn't lose, that she wasn't going to be roughed up by people like good uh, Drew Lackey. But she didn't do anything after that. She wasn't involved in the calls afterwards. She'd sat down for about five minutes, and that was it. But well, I mean, that's because, this is that because she was from Central Canada. She, went, she was, went with Martin Luther King. I don't know if they went at the same time. But she went to the Highlander Folk School. Yeah, before like before the thing. Paris Island for all, all of right. the civil rights workers and whatnot. She was the head of the Montgomery chapter of the NAACP. But when the NAACP started getting money and became a thing, right. she was moved I, I got, out and someone else took over. This National Voting Rights Museum, though, which you hit right before you hit the, the famous bridge, uh, the Edmund Pettus Bridge, and then you get into downtown Selma, it um, it's a privately run enterprise, okay? So it's not a public museum. It's a it's a privately run museum again by some of these black entrepreneurs, uh, who. But listen to some of the reviews online, okay? All right. So you, I've already described what it looked like. When we arrived for our literally once in a lifetime visit to Selma, now imagine this: these are white people. Imagine being a white pilgrim who's planning trips to come and bask in the glow and in the guilt you of, of these to be things. Disappointed if you are. <laughs> We wanted to go to the National Voting Rights Museum, but when we arrived, it was locked up and no one was there. There was a sign on the front door that said, by appointment only. Really? Uh, a museum such as this by appointment only? Anyway, I thought I could, uh, I thought that there was perhaps someone I could call that would let us in, but there was not a, a phone number at the door. I found the museum number on the website, but just got an answering machine when I called. This was all pretty frustrating and disappointing. So basically what happens here at this museum, and we were able to look in through the windows, and uh, it's you call the whoever is the proprietor, and he charges $100 to show up and let you in, and then you got to pay admission. All right? So... Uh, and another review said, a bit disappointing. The displays are mostly text, just a few photos. The facility is dated and dull. That's an understatement. I thought I was going to have to go to the doctor and get a tetanus shot from just looking at it. <laughs> uh, but then here's another one. While it is stated that the museum is, is closed on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, arrangements can be made to visit. Unfortunately, nobody answers the calls. 
Uh, this is very unprofessional and inconsiderate of the management who has to realize that people come from all over the world to visit Selma just to find that the museum is closed and no one's there to provide them with the right information. And Typical black incompetence. <laughs> Anything run by black people in the South, unfortunately, in a place like Selma, you're going to have this. Listen to this. If it's but, not backed up with tons of money from white people, this is what you get. One reviewer says he actually did get somebody to answer the phone. I guess they come to work if they feel like it or if they're not hung over or something. They, the, the unfriendly executive director, these are all public reviews on the travel website. The unfriendly director informed me it would be $100 plus the cost of admission. I said I was disappointed to not be able to visit. Uh, I consider this to be price gouging. Well, on the other side of where this museum is, is Civil Rights Park or whatever, and just describe this. This is sort of like the big feature. Six that's flags there. over civil rights. Look, <laughs> what do you have here? Uh, tell them this is this is sort of like the main feature in the plaza that greets the tourists. It looks like a uh, hearth, like an old-fashioned uh, fireplace with two poles sticking up and a mural that has some pictures of black folks on it. And it is. Uh, what do you notice about the lanterns at the top? What do you notice about one of them, especially? It's broken. <laughs> it's, it's completely knocked over, and you can't even read the signage because moisture had gotten into the sign, and it made all the words illegible. And then there's just some other very tacky uh, graffiti there, and that's the the Civil Rights yeah, Memorial you're Park. Feature all this uh, with an article, aren't you? On the uh, Jared is doing it. Jared, at, at, check it out at Amron.com. It, it will uh, be. I, uh, believe me, we will link to it. But it is, uh, you know, this is worthy of a full article. Uh, and he is doing it. And then, okay, so we went over the famous bridge where Maybe even a small book so-called Bloody Sunday was at. Now we're in downtown Selma. We're on the other side of the river. We're in downtown Selma, the real town of Selma. And then you you were greeted by the ancient Africa enslavement museum, and it's got a picture of some black pharaohs again. Uh, that's apocryphal, but there they are. And were they the enslavers? You see, <laughs> yes. I don't know what's going on. You see some black Civil War troops. Um, I guess for the Union, but with the way the SCV tells the story now, who knows? Uh, and then uh, here was the thing about that. Let's skip the break, this segment, um, if you don't mind, uh, Mrs. Producer, so we can stick with this. We'll skip this break. And as soon as we got out at downtown Selma on the other side of the bridge, so on the one side of the bridge, you got that so-called civil uh, voting rights in, uh, museum. It looks like Godzilla had blown through town, right? And then you're on the other side and you're greeted by another museum, the Ancient Africa Enslavement Museum. And its windows were also broken out. And you could actually, I'm telling you this, when you park there, and it's right on the riverfront, everything completely dilapidated and in varying states of decay. There was so much mold on the Voting Rights Institute, I might add, that the mold actually looked like barnacles on the awning, on the awning that you enter into. You could develop asthma just by looking at it. <laughs> but so we're at the, the the Enslavement Museum now, and it's a, it, windows broken out, et cetera. Everything's some sort of a spray paint type mural, and uh, it's closed. I don't even know if it opens at all, uh, whether you call and pay a guy $100 to show up or not. It didn't seem to be. Uh, something that was functional. But as soon as you got out and parked, the entire downtown smelt like raw sewage. And I'm like, my God, what is this? Uh, it, it was bad. I mean, you had to put your, your nose in your, in your shirt. <laughs> and, and, and I was like, you know, come, what, what is this? And 
right in front of the black and or the ancient African enslavement museum, as they call it, they have the fountain of African wisdom. And it says, drink from the fountain of African wisdom and be I, I renewed. I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't recommend that. Now, this thing looks like a Halloween prop, something you'd see at a haunted house. <clears throat> it's, it's, got a, it's a three-tiered, it looks like it's made of concrete, but it's, it's not concrete. It's a three-tiered thing. Well, once again, we'll let Keith uh, describe in his own words with that excellent vocabulary of his that far exceeds mine. Uh, what he's seeing here as he looks uh, outside of the, uh, positioned right outside of the ancient African enslavement museum is the fount of black wisdom. What do you see? Well, it looks like somebody's backyard fountain uh, that is not working, and it's got some uh, hoses or something sticking on there. It's very unprepossessing. Okay, it is not. It does not look like what you would expect at a major civil rights uh, monument. Okay? So the hose, the hose that is supposed to take the water from the base and then deposit it, recycle it, re deposit it at the top, and then it cascades over each of the three it, different tiers. It's just completely it not work. It's in every direction. It's just laying all over the place. If you tried to drink water from this, you would probably get dysentery. <laughs> there was about three inches of water at the very base of this thing. And it was black, and that was the source of the stench. It absolutely stunk up a full city block of downtown. Like I said, Selma. don't drink the water. And these are the, look. This, it isn't like we just went to like some abandoned facility and, and looked for you stuff. Went to every place that they. These had. are the tourist attractions. These are imagine what the non-tourist attractions. I'll look tell like. you. I'll tell you. And so, anyway, this is Selma putting its best foot forward. Yeah, this is the stuff people, well, as you said, heard in the reviews, this is the stuff that people, these, these self-hating whites that want to go on a pilgrimage to Soma, this is what they come to see. I hope they all go down there. I hope Colin Kaepernick's parents, all these self-hating whites come down Sean there. Sean and Leanne Tui, this is it. Yeah, let Sean and Leanne Tui relocate to Selma, Alabama. All right, but here, so here again, I told you at the Rosa Parks statue in downtown Montgomery, which looked like absolute heaven compared to... Selma, you had the guy waiting to take a picture and then ask you for a couple of bucks. Well, here we are. We're standing around. We're looking at the fountain of black wisdom. And here comes a, a black guy, very energetic, very friendly, very friendly. But he, he's waving us. Hey, guys, come over here. Come uh, over uh, here. Another panhandle, another well, unofficial tour guide. Well, here it is. And so he says, hey, are y'all here for the history? And yeah, we're here for the history. We're just here to see. We're just here to see Selma. And uh, he goes, oh, I'm so glad y'all are here. It's, it's really important that we keep this history alive. Uh, my Uncle Willie uh, was on the bridge that day, and uh, he he got hit in the head, but he didn't get infected with the hate. Now, that's the key to the civil rights thing. Everything probably, has to rhyme. probably broke the billy club. <laughs> well, I was putting, thinking that, putting, putting a brain like his in the skull like well, uh, it was like putting a brass quarter in full Hold knots. on. See, now you're trying to make jokes. I'm trying to do this straight up. I, I don't want to make fun of these people. I, I want to just tell you, tell you straight up. But I, it did cross my mind. Well, was Uncle Willie one of the ones that was throwing uh, bricks and feces and urine at the cops before he got cracked or, you know, or did he, did that even really happen? But nevertheless, uncle, but this was a key to the civil rights movement. Everything had to rhyme or be putting a song. And so, you know, head a, a la Jesse Jackson. So he's talking about all of this. And then he said, you know, I learned a lot from uncle Willie. Uh, he, he told me that we're all 99.9% .9 the same. And I, Again, folks, God strike me dead if he didn't say this word for word. Uncle Willie told me we all bleed red, and I was like, "Yep, you know that, that that's something. Uh, that's something to think about." Did you burst into tears? No, I just well, I, we were just talking, and then uh, 
uh, he just said, uh, and there was an old man under a tent by the bridge. It just it, There was a tent because it was hot as hell. I mean, it was bad. So I don't blame him for having a little tent, but just right at the side of the bridge was an old man. And like a troll. Presumably it was probably Uncle Willie. I, I don't know that for sure, but I think you could pay an admission and go talk to this old black man who could tell you even more. And he was trying to get us over there to his, his tent where he was, he was selling some stuff. And he said, uh, Hey guys, you know, I know y'all are here to learn about the history and I've got some good material over here. And, uh, you know, it's just a small, uh, just asking for a small donation and all of this. And I was like, well, you know, and I, I'm always like a hundred dollars, maybe always polite to these people. I, they don't bother me. I mean, they just, it is what it is. It, it, look, you're used to it. I, yeah. I, I was talking to him in, in, in a good friendly nature. I, you know, I, I don't know how, People who oppose us uh, pretend we act around non-whites, but we always treat them with respect, even if it's a hustle. And we were getting hustled. I mean, there's no doubt about it. But I just said, you know, look, I really appreciate that. Black entrepreneurship. I'd like to hear what you have to say, but I got to get back to Memphis pretty soon. We're just kind of blitzing through town, and it's hot, and uh, I don't want to, you know. But I really appreciate it, you know, so on and so forth. You know, that, that's pretty Very much nice it. nice and polite, but you weren't parting with anybody. No, I wasn't going to go over there. But I tell you, the guy that was sitting by the bridge is pictured you know, every year they parachute into Selma, the, yeah. the, whoever the president is, Oprah Winfrey, a few celebrities, and they walk across the bridge on the anniversary. Every year they've done it for 50 years. And this guy probably collects money from each one of them. Well, the guy that was sitting under the tent is this guy right here. Look at this right here. You see him holding Biden's hand? This was in March of this year. That oh was the guy that was sitting on the bridge. I think that that's Uncle Willie. I don't know for sure, but it was definitely a guy who was there because this guy looks like he's about 80 or 90 years old. It looks like he's about four foot ten. Well, that's just because he's you know hunched over because of the age. And, and, um, but I, I mean, but he does look smarter than Joe Biden. <laughs> <laughs> but he was there, and I think you could go and pay uh, from him and just sort of bask in his uh, luminescence. Uh, but white people do that. They pay to be made to feel bad about themselves uh, and, and, and of their ancestors. He probably white has a, uh, you know, a, a cat of nine tails that you can beat yourself, you know, and rend your garments, uh, like in the old Testament or something. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, remember there were whites some years ago that were paying blacks to put them in chains and like treat them like slaves. You remember that? I remember those pictures. Uh, said, I'm so sorry. Yeah, that's know? right. And it's like a white father and his son. He's taking his yeah. son to do anyway. So there we are at the base of the famous Edmund Pettus Bridge. This is the main thing. I mean, you know, any downtown area, their best area is going to be downtown riverfront, whether it's Memphis or Louisville or any of these river cities. Put your best foot forward. That Everything was closed, broken down, stinky, and, and maybe big, dangerous. And you know why? Because they have managed to run all of the white people out of Selma. No white people live there. It's almost like Mountain Bayou, Mississippi. There may be one or two, uh, uh, you know, poor lost souls who are white that still live there. But I don't think so. See, if you go to a southern city that is majority-minority or anywhere, look at Detroit. Look at Jackson, Mississippi. Look at Montgomery, Alabama. Look at all of these places. Basically, if there's anything nice there, it's the white area of town. The black area of town is wretched. Uh, look what's happened to uh, Detroit, Michigan. They've managed to basically, it's like over 80% black, and it is a wasteland. It has, you know, buildings falling in on themselves. Uh, it's just terrible. On the other hand, Memphis still has 35% white, and it has some nice areas, but because of what happens in an all-black city like, or virtually all-black city like Detroit, 
Memphis is now the largest majority minority city in America. Why? Because Detroit, which was much larger at one time, has had so many people flee the place. You know, if you kill the dog, all the uh, fleas will die, okay? Well, that's what's happened in uh, Detroit. Uh, The fleas have left, and as a result of that, it has lost its status as the number one uh, majority-minority city in America. I I am describing to you the downtown riverfront area of Selma, and it goes on and on like this for a couple of blocks in either direction. There was one functioning hotel that looked like something you would have found on Bourbon Street or in the French Quarter. I didn't go in it, but it, it, it was the only building that looked like it wasn't just totally neglected. And everything else, I'm just talking about boarded up. I I tell you what, if you owned a tarp-making business in Selma. You could clean up. 10% of the houses, the roofs were tarps. I've never seen so many. That blue vinyl that they stretch across. I've never seen so many tarps. And this was the downtown riverfront area. So then we started to get into interior Selma. Now, Selma's pretty small. I mean, it's not very big, so it doesn't take much to see it. But it was just completely and utterly blighted. Uh, uh, parts. And, and you know all these people are getting uh, financial aid from the federal government. They're getting welfare. They're getting uh, AFDC, all sorts of things to live on. And they still can't keep their is- homes in nominal repair. You know, just, you know, put a roof on the darn thing. Uh, it's a ruined, it. a ruined city, a ruined city. And I, I would ask this of all of the self-hating whites or the virtue signaling whites who, again, very eagerly from their mostly white rich suburbs up in the great talk, white north talk in about, canada or up in new england or something talk right, about yeah but, 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 wait, even here in the south they, they, they talk about how much they they want more diversity and diversity is our strength but they say this from their gated communities here's what they can do they can like the they can sell the twoies this would be a great thing for the twoies to do they can sell their multi-million dollar house in memphis and i, I would encourage you to do a little homework ladies and gentlemen because i've done it go to Zillow.com and type in homes for sale, Selma, Alabama. The median price for a home in Selma is about $60,000. I saw some houses for $10,000. Even at $60,000, that's pretty much the price of a midsize car now. I mean, you know, if you get like an SUV. So, I mean, you could, you could, you could pay cash and have hundreds of thousand dollars of equity in your bank account, liquid, pay cash for a house, pay five, uh, a, a, a five-digit figure for a, a home in Selma, and have all of the diversity for free. That's a, why aren't they jumping at the opportunity key? This is this is perfect. They they because get have all the cash. They get diversity. They have a free housing. Because white liberals are massive hypocrites. They know they're lying, and the reason you know they're lying is because they don't do what James just suggested. If they truly thought that diversity and multiculturalism were our greatest strength, they would be moving. To places like Selma, Alabama. You could live there for a song. I mean, I could even afford to pay $10,000 for a house in you, Selma. You could pay 10000 for the house. You could pay another 20000 maybe to and fix it. it up. Well, you'd have to pay and, about 100000 No, you, you got to see these houses, Keith. <laughs> it's going to take more of that. But, oh, but that's another thing. The, the, this residence that was supposedly the first draft of the 
Voting Rights Act was written on the living room floor of this residence that's in, in Selma. And it's, it's probably with a crayon. A couple of blocks from, from the bridge. Probably just mytho- civil rights mythology as so much of it is. But nevertheless, it was supposed to have been written in this house. So it's, it's, and, and this house uh, has a little sign in the yard saying this was the house where so on and so and so on met and, and, and did all of this. And this house is, is, is completely caved in. And they said, well, they, they, they commissioned a restoration project in the summer of 2022. And here we are now near the fall of 2023, and nothing's happened yet. Well, I'll and, tell you what it was. I'll tell you why. There was garbage, g- g- hubcaps, tires, fast food wrapping. I saw a pair of goggles, swim goggles, toilet paper, just all strewn well, over let, the let, Let's explore this just a moment. Well, we got about a minute. It says that it, it was going to be um, refurbished. I imagine they hired a black company to do it, and nothing got done. They got the money, and whoop, it, <laughs> it all disappeared. It's gone. They haven't You're driven speculating the first again. I'm trying to stick to the they, facts. They, they haven't uh, pulled the first nail. They haven't driven the first nail. They haven't put the first shingle up on the roof. None of this brings me joy, folks. I wish it wasn't this way. Believe me, I am telling you the truth. I it's wish the way things happen. I though. wish that there you were need to know it. I wish that there were no differences. I wish that race really was a social construct. I really wish uh, that the only difference in, in people were skin pigmentation. If, or if lack you want thereof, to be disabused of that notion that race is just a social construct, go to Selma. Go to Jackson, Mississippi. Go to Detroit, Michigan. Go to Gary, Indiana. Go to East St. Louis. These are the Illinois. cities, Jackson. Yeah, these are cities where they predominate. And I'm telling you, whatever you consider a racist to be, whatever you you you, you hear the word racist, it, there's no way whatever a racist is, if a person's intention was to make another group of people look bad, they could not exaggerate the truth. That to such an extent that it would fit the reality. The Ku Klux Klan could not have outdone the black people of Selma. And I don't want to see people living like that. But this is how they're living, and we didn't have anything to do with it because we were driven off a long, long time ago. There's one other thing in Selma we saw that was nice. In the middle of Selma, in the middle of all of this, right outside of town is the Live Oak Cemetery. And Pat Godwin maintains the Confederate Memorial Circle there. A lot of our heroes buried there. She keeps it clean. That is the only nice part. The only nice part I saw in Selma was the Confederate Cemetery. Well, the last battle fought by General Nathan Bedford Forrest was the Battle of Selma, Alabama. The only one he Lost. And the reason he lost it was his courier, who had the battle plans in his boot, was captured by the Union uh, Army. That was like a week it. a week before Appomattox. So it was. Uh, so basically, you know, this is <laughs> that was the high point of Selma, apparently. Check. Brad Griffin has put up uh, an article on Occidental Descent detailing our time there. It's called uh, "The Bridge to Nowhere." You go back a couple of days, you'll find it. Jared Taylor uh, got something uh, for Amrin. Uh, Learn more, folks, and uh, we'll be back. The truth hurts, and let me tell you, there's nothing we can make up that is worse than the truth about Selma. All right. We will be right back. Stay tuned. Our featured guest of the evening coming up in our third and final hour.